Hey guys, you are listening to Killer Cocktails, where the drinks are stiff, but the bodies are stiffer. This is a casual true crime podcast where two friends get drunk and talk about gruesome murders. Each week we pick a different drink whose name or ingredients set the tone for our stories. Hey guys, welcome back to another week with us. Yay! This is Drea. This is Jackie. And this week we are celebrating the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. And we figured what better drink than the Space Gin Smash. Which I've never heard of. I had not either. (laughs) But our intern Kimberly was like, yo, this is the cocktail to drink. She's a good Googler. She is the best Googler. Her little typing skills. Mm -hmm. So good. So the official moon landing happened on July 20th of 1969. So I'm just going to jump into some space facts. Space facts. Are you ready? I am. Space fact number one. Space is completely silent. I know. It's always an interesting because you watch space movies. Mm -hmm, Like Star Wars. And we we get to hear stuff. That was my space. But in space there is no sound. Um, which is, yeah, super eerie. It's trippy. It's eerie. Space fact. The hottest planet in our solar system is 450 degrees Celsius. And that is Venus. Damn. Isn't that crazy? That's hot. <clears throat> um, nobody knows how many stars there are in space. No way to know. Infinite. Infinite. Halley's Comet won't orbit past Earth again until 2061. That's a ways away. Yeah, we got some time gonna be old ladies we'll be on episode 1250 okay a full nasa spacesuit cost 12 million dollars for one 12 million spacesuit yeah i feel like they should get a couple breaks based because it's for space like <laughs> yeah if i'm selling materials to nasa knowing that it's going to go in a spacesuit maybe mm-hmm. i'm gonna get it get it to them at cost yeah well okay so 70 percent of the cost is for the backpack and control module so it's all the tech oh. that's going into the sea yeah yeah, yeah 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 um and then there are since the first moon landing until now there are 96 bags of human poop left on the moon so Basically, this is not, they're not operating under leave no trace principles. Yeah. <laughs> pack it in, pack it out. It's like Everest up there. It's just pooping. As someone who has mountaineered, you need to remove your feces yes. from the mountain. Yes. People say Rainier smells like a toilet. Oh. Shasta doesn't. Yeah. Because they, they give you, it's kind of rad. They yeah. give you at the trailhead, there's a, like a waxed paper that's mm-hmm. a target and it comes with a <laughs> lunch bag and kitty litter. <laughs> no joke. And when you got to go, you go out and you set your target down. You put little rocks on the corner so it doesn't fly away. Wow. And the whole point is you're trying to get a bullseye. And then... <laughs> they make it fun. Yeah. And yeah. then once you've pooped on this target, you pick it up by the corners, you put it in the bag, you put some kitty litter in, and then you got to pack it out. Is there a running... It's gross. Is there a running hashtag of like pictures of like people's different like targets? I'm sure there are. I know <laughs> that in both groups, like both times I went up, it was like... What's your score? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, All right. One more space fact. Space fact. Space facts. The footprints on the moon will be there for 100 million years. That's because there's no no wind. There's no. Yeah. It's crazy. So the poop will also be there. Yeah. I get why they're probably everything's math and the weights of whatever and Mm -hmm. gasoline to get out and trajectory of the moon and the stars. Yeah. 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 Um, and those are your space facts. So I like it. We made the, this cocktail and it's, I would say, super refreshing. I have to tell a little story. It's supposed to be me- made with mint. Mm-hmm. 
And I was having a hangry moment and I went to the grocery store hangry and I bought everything. It's on the receipt. I bought the mint and I got home and then I came here today. And somehow between me purchasing it and me getting here today, it's lost. I don't need to start an investigation. You're not embezzling mint from no. the podcast. No, 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 no. I swear. I swear I'm not. Um, so it changes the cocktail. I want to say I've never had it with mint, but we had to use a bunch of basil that we had. Like to me, it's a delicious basil drink. Yeah. So there's no way this is what other when when other people make the drink, it will not taste like this. Yeah. Yeah. And so what we did is we muddled like a lemon, grapes, apple, and we muddled, 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 and and basil's in there, and then um, yeah, we put gin in there and a little bit of space, <laughs> a little sprinkling of moon dust. But yeah, I would say, ooh, yeah, there's the basil. Lots of basil. I love it. It's so basil. If you don't like basil, do not make this cocktail. But I would say- With basil. You can make it with mint. (laughs) Oh, with mint. Make it with mint. Yeah. Um, No, I would say this is a a very refreshing, crisp summer cocktail. Yeah. And you maybe you're kind of technically getting some veggies in there. Uh, I don't know if that's maybe. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's green. Um, All right. So there's your cocktail. There's your history. I think it's murder time. Oh, wait. Oh, what? I have a story for you. What? So Besides the murder? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> when I was an oompa baby child, I was like maybe <laughs> four or five. Okay. My brother and I were playing hide and seek in the house. Okay. And we had a closet, like a coat closet at the front of the store, or okay. store at the front of our house. Yeah. Um, but the latch was broken. So we never shut the door. It was always ajar. Okay. I decided that this was a great place to hide. So I go into this closet and I'm hiding in the closet behind jackets and stuff. And I've left the door ajar and up for wild debate. My brother shuts the door. Okay. So whether he knew I was in there and intended to trap me or whether it was just an inadvertent excitement in thinking that he found me, but I am now trapped in this closet and oh my God. it's dark Yeah. and they can't get me out. And I'm like yelling. <gasps> my brother goes and gets my parents and they're like trying to calm me down through this closet yeah. door. Um, and I remember my dad being like, I was pretty proud of you for a little four-year-old. Like, you didn't freak. Uh, he's like, all right, Jacqueline, stand on top of whatever. Reach out. And, like, told me where a flashlight was in the closet. So I like, oh. find this flashlight. And I like, turn it on. Yeah. And I'm, like, sitting with this flashlight. And he's like, all right, my mom's cousin happened to be in town visiting. And they, like, never come to town and never visit. Her cousin works at NASA. Okay. <laughs> this is where the story comes from. Yeah. So uh, cousin Karen comes over and she, like, all of this is happening at the same time. So she's like, let's pull the door off the hinges. Yeah. So she, like, pulls the little pins out, gets, and that was how they freed me. Was Yeah. NASA cousin Karen was like, let's just take the door off. She's got the NASA smart. She's got the NASA brain. <laughs> well, that's adorable. <laughs> As you're pulling up your story, mm-hmm. I have a space joke for you. Oh, this is good. <laughs> it's going to be bad. <laughs> What is a spaceman's favorite chocolate? What? A Mars bar. Oh my god. <laughs> you love them too much. Nope, <laughs> <laughs> Tickles me. Alright. Okay. I'm gonna tell you yeah. about Lisa Caputo. Okay. Uh she was born in Rockville, Maryland. Mm-hmm. So in 1969, she's about six years old. Okay. And she's watching the Apollo moon landings. Hey. And like all kids, uh-huh. she's dreaming of becoming an astronaut when she yeah. grows up. She's like, this is 
fascinating. Yeah. Imagine being a kid. Watching and like, it. To us, it was always a part of, like, mm-hmm. that there's space and stuff. So it's very cool. Um, as she gets older, she kind of keeps her eye on the space program, um, especially when they start including female astronauts. She's like, this is my jam. Mm-hmm. So she graduates high school in 1981. She gets her Bachelor's of Science in Aerospace Engineering from the United States Naval Academy in 1985. Um, She's also commissioned in the Navy in 1985. So she's going down because like Navy, I think, is like the route that you take. Mm -hmm. Um, In 1987, uh, she becomes a Naval Flight Officer. So there's all this like super technical stuff that she does. But basically, she's just like raising in the ranks, raising in the ranks. Mm -hmm. Um, In 1992, she gets her master's, uh, her master's degree in aeronautical engineering. Um, and that's in, there's a naval postgraduate in Monterey. In 1993, uh, she's selected for transfer to the restricted line as an aerospace engineering duty officer. So she's going to attend this like naval test pilot program. So again, she's like doing all this like super elite stuff. Um, she logs uh, 1,500 hours in 30 different aircrafts. Whoa. So she's like. She's on it. Yeah. She's rad. Um. So while in the Navy, she's awarded the Defense Meritorious Service Medal, uh, a Navy Commendation Medal, a Navy Achievement Medal, other awards she's super decorated. Okay, so that's like her career. That's what's going on with all of her like trying to become an astronaut. She marries this guy, Richard T. Nowak. So she becomes Lisa Nowak. Does the name ring a bell? No. Um, And he was a classmate of hers in the Naval Academy and in flight school. So like they meet in school. Um, that's in 1988. He gets employed as a contractor for NASA, so he's not directly working for NASA, but he's hired by them. Um, he's at Johnson Space Center. Uh, she's doing all this stuff. So they get married. They have kids. They've got three kids. A son that was born in 1992, and they have twin daughters in 2001. Okay. So she meets a fellow astronaut, William Offlin. People call him Billy O. Okay. Um, he is recently divorced. And Lisa and Billy kind of strike up a relationship of sorts. So she's having an affair. Um, It goes on for about two years. Wow. Um, So. And the husband doesn't know? I don't think the husband knows. And like the way it's talked about is it wasn't like a romantic relationship. Like it's physical, but they're friends. But like. Okay. But it's inappropriate. Yeah. Um, So he breaks it off in 2006 so like they're having this affair mm-hmm. and then he's like we're done mm-hmm. we're done with this affair because um, he's going to start dating this other gal okay um, but they're still kind of friends like there's it's known that she went to his house for lunch so he breaks up with her in like November-ish like end of 2006 so then in early 2007 he's dating this other woman um, her name is Colleen Shipman mm-hmm. and but he's still kind of seeing Lisa. They still work out together. Mm-hmm. They're training for this big like bicycle race. So her bike's at his house. So he hasn't completely severed that relationship. Mm-hmm. But he's dating Colleen. Got it. Um, uh, Colleen is an engineer with the 45th Space Wing at Patrick Air Force Base. So she's also in the Navy. Um, so Offlin is at some point uh, Lisa has gone up to space. Like, she's become an astronaut. She, and that's how she meets him. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been in space and orbited for like 13 days. Like, she's wow. been in a spacesuit. There's video of her online. Yeah. Like, she's a straight up astronaut. Yeah. And it's rad. 
So Offlin is on a shuttle trip. So he's going to be gone for a handful of days. Um, he gets back and he's got all these text messages and voicemails and missed calls from Lisa. Okay. Um, he doesn't respond to him for a couple of days. Then he like responds to him. Um, so it, I don't really know what's in those messages, but it seems like she's kind of freaking out on him a little bit. Okay. Um, all right. So that brings us to, she has a, a key to his apartment. Okay. And she has access to his emails. Oh, no. So she starts learning about his new relationship and that it's like a real relationship. And how long have they been separated from each other? Like, uh, not that long, because he'd only been dating Colleen for a hand, like a couple months. Okay. And she's still married. And she's still married. And he had ended it at the end of the year before. So we're like in the same, like within six months of all of that. So she starts reading these emails. Then they're like, oh, no. Change your password. Yes. Oh and like, and the emails are intimate. They're yeah. like from her being like, when you get back from space, I'm going to like rip your clothes off. Yeah. And like, doing all, you yeah, know, yeah. Normal shit. When you're in the relationship yes. and the honeymoon fit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Uh, Lisa can't handle it. On mm-hmm. February 4th to 5th, she gets in her car. February of like November. And this then is February? 2007. Okay. So. Okay. 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 Again, only a handful of months. Yeah. He's only been dating her a couple yeah. months, and they've been broken up for a couple months. Okay. <clears throat> so February 4th to 5th, 2007, Lisa drives from Houston, Texas, oh to Orlando, Florida. Okay. In her car, she has latex gloves, a black wig, a BB gun, BBs, pepper spray, a hooded tan trench coat, a two-pound drilling hammer, black, go- uh, black gloves, rubber tubing, plastic garbage bags, and about $585 in cash, her computer, and an 8-inch Gerber folding knife. Ah, she is playing this way too well. I don't like any of this. So she takes the 900-mile drive from Houston, Texas to... That's a long time to angrily drive towards a destination. So I'm going to give one more detail that might ring a bell for you. In initial police reports, it was indicated that at the time she was wearing maximum absorbency garments. What? What? AKA, she's driving the 900 miles in NASA diapers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, Treya. She has to stop for gas, right? That's why doesn't she just pee then? This is insane. This is insane. So this is what why people... Why regular diapers <laughs> work? Why does she have to take the space she, ones? Because she has space diapers. <laughs> okay, so this is the part what? of the story that people could not let go. <laughs> it was on nightly. Like, the news stations couldn't stop talking about it. The... Like, uh, late night talk shows, skits, like yeah. the fact that this NASA astronaut drove across the country in a diaper, people could not get that's, over the hilarity of it. That's great. Like, how big are they in comparison to regular diapers? I have no idea. Is she able, like, does she have to wear a skirt they're so big? So she later says, I wasn't wearing those diapers. <laughs> Where did that start? It just... In the initial police reports, they say oh. that... So I don't know if they found i don't know how they know that but that definitely became a detail that came out of all the stories so it's up for wild debate whether she actually wore and or went in because that's crazier to me that she would wear them i i think you've hit a point though if you're on a 900 mile drive yeah 
you can't just say that I flipped a switch. Mm-hmm. No. Like, you, you have, have so much time and you to have, calm down. And you have all, you bought all the stuff. You're obviously planning something yes. malicious. And then you have 900 miles. Like, are you listening to show tunes for 900? Like, <laughs> what are you listening to? Are you just in silence? I don't know. Oh, I hate it. Okay. <laughs> you hate it. <laughs> I hate it. Have I annoyed you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, this was a famous story. You don't... No? Okay. Uh, so... The reason she's going to Orlando is because she's broken into his emails and she knows that Colleen is getting in from a flight at the Orlando airport at this date and time. So she's driving there and she's going to get her at the airport. What? That's so public. Okay. All right. Okay. So uh, Colleen gets in on her plane. So Lisa gets there about an hour before Mm -hmm. and Lisa's wearing the wig and she's in the... How crazy does she look? I don't know. She's in a trench coat and she's just waiting for an hour for her to come like pick up her bags. How does she know what she looks like? Because she knows what she looks like. Oh. I think they know of each other. Okay. Or there's photos. She definitely knows who she's looking for. So let me go into an airport where there's video cameras everywhere. And here's the like, and she's super smart. Yeah. She's astronaut smart. Well, she's, she's lost it a little bit. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, okay, so she sees her, get her bags, yeah. and starts, like, keeping an eye on her oh, and, like, man. following her. Mm. But then she loses her in the crowd for a hot minute, and Colleen gets on the little shuttle that takes you to the peripheral parking lot where your cars are and have been waiting. Uh, but Lisa misses her, so then she's straight up in this wig and trench coat running behind the shuttle. What? So, what? Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Could you imagine looking up the window and seeing this woman chasing after your bus? And so she thinks it's—I mean, she's just like, "Oh, this woman is strangely running." She forgot her bag on the pub. yeah. yeah, like yeah you yeah, don't yeah. know yeah. why that lady's there or what she's. So, but she's aware of her. Yeah. Then she's aware that when she gets off the shuttle, and it's like night—it's middle of the night. It's like midnight. Oh, that's creepy. Uh, you got this woman in a trench coat and. Colleen's walking and her car is like she's walking through the parking oh lot and she's aware that this trench coat lady is up is coming upon her yeah so she's like so I'm like speed walking so she's like speed walking to her car and the woman's gaining on her oh my god and so what Colleen is thinking is this crazy person like this is a criminal mm-hmm. I'm gonna get mugged mm-hmm. I'm gonna get like yeah. carjacked I gotta get in my car yeah so she just barely makes it into her car <gasps> and just barely oh locks the door. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. As Lisa's no, pulling no, on the door no, handle. No. So she gets in. She's mm, safe. That is my oh <laughs> that's your nightmare. I, I well every time I get in my car I check before I get in. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time you're hurriedly getting into your car and locking yes. everything. And then you're turning all the lights to make sure no one's hiding in the back. <laughs> and then but as soon as I as soon as I get in the car, I'm locking the doors. Even at my house. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not playing that game with anyone. <laughs> so this is one of my fears yes. come to... Oh, my God. So the, And Colleen is scared shitless. Yes. So she made it. She gets in. The door is locked. And now she knows that this person's after her because yeah. they're fucking jiggling on the yeah. handle. Okay. So she's jiggling on the handle. And Colleen's like, oh, like, yeah. no, get yeah. out of here. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she's saying, um, hey, can I can't remember what she says first. It's like, hey, can you give me a ride? I missed my shuttle or blah, blah, blah. And Colleen's like, no. Yeah. Not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. <laughs> No. No. Then she starts like slapping on the glass and she's like, I need to borrow your cell phone. No. I have to call whoever. Yeah. I have to call the police. And Colleen goes, "Uh, my cell phone died. So she's not 
engaging not answering away then this woman and here's like the other thing is like it's a woman and if you're a woman it's less it's less scary that it's a woman you've seen her running after the bus now she's chasing up but she's also saying stuff where it's like i missed my whatever like she's like i need help help me help me so colleen lowers the window like an inch or two she's just like what blah blah pepper sprayed in the face yep yep Lisa pepper sprays her. She's like, ah, she's like, I thought it was acid. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. So then she like, yes, takes thank you. Off. Thank you. Leaves Lisa there. Off she goes. Mildly blind. So calls the, she gets to like a parking attendant, somebody mm-hmm. or other. They call mm-hmm. the police. The mm-hmm. police find Lisa dumping her disguise into a garbage can. Oh my God. <laughs> so they apprehend her. They get her. So there is no murder in my story. It's an okay. attempted murder. Oh, okay. Um, but so then she gets in big time trouble and they're like, you are cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yes. They bring her in. Um, but because she has all these crazy security clearances, because she's so involved with the military, all, all this other stuff, they don't set her bail very high. It's like 10 or 15 grand. What? Um, her commanding officers come and like pay her bail. What? She's out on, uh, she's on like, not house arrest, but they give her an ankle bracelet. Okay. And they're like, you're like, you can't. You can go back to Texas, but, like, you can't leave the country and all this stuff. Um, so it's very lenient what they're... But they're charging her with all this, like, with attempting... Okay. They're charging her with a litany of stuff. Okay. She goes through all of these, uh, like, mental... It takes a long time before the, she's actually, like, truly before a judge. And by the time she gets to a judge, she's been through a handful of, like, anger management classes. And they've diagnosed her with all this other, like... Um, different personality disorders and that she has Asperger's and all this and other NASA stuff. And NASA didn't catch any of this? They don't do like a psyche valve before you go to space? I mean, they definitely do. Okay. So they're also saying that this is a, a depressive episode. That yeah. Like it was all spurred by... Catalyst triggering. Yes. Yeah. That okay. this isn't normally right. how she operates, but all that right. she did kind of flip a switch and was in this zone. Yeah. So ultimately, she is free she gets time served okay and that she did all this other stuff and the guy the judge is kind of like i don't think you're a danger to society colleen's super freaked out and yeah. she's like well i want a restraining order and i was like, still dating with his face they've since gotten married and moved to alaska and have a kid wow um and the nasa dropped lisa pretty quick okay but the navy didn't she stayed on for a handful of years <laughs> you're gonna be with them forever they've, invest, they're not gonna they've drop invested you. a lot of money in all of her stuff so when all of it finally came to a head when she had pleaded because she she pled down and yeah. she pled to uh like burglary of a car and aggravated assault i think is what ultimately landed on her um now she just works in the private sector and she's kind of out of the limelight and everyone's kind of moved on. Weird. That's crazy. Well, I just, just thought that happened? story was so good. This It all happened in like 2007. That's crazy. It was national news. People could not stop making fun of the astronaut in a diaper. Oh, yeah. Enough where like Colleen is like, I get that that's hilarious yeah. to everybody. But like I'm ter- I was terrified. I thought I was going to die. I was going to die. She was going to do horrible stuff to me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I feel like when she gets older, she should do like Depends commercials. Oh, my God. Sorry. <laughs> You can cut that. <laughs> that's funny. Um, that's that's crazy to be that blinded with lust or love or you know with just or that just rage. Spurned. Yeah. Yeah. Was her intention to kill her? Did she ever say her intention? Probably not. So she they threw wanna... out a bunch of what she said, like the because they're like, and there's a mess of like trial stuff if you want to yeah. get into the weeds about it. But she 
they threw out her initial comments uh, because they said that the Miranda rights weren't read at the right time. Like mm. there was an issue with Miranda rights mm-hmm. and her initial statements. So yeah. that all got thrown out. But they didn't throw out them searching her car because they said they definitely would have searched it regardless of what she said. Yeah. Jackie, that's, that is crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. That's such a good story. That poor, like, poor everybody involved with that. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, she, it sounded like she was making a great career. She obviously wasn't Imagine doing well. Imagine your astronaut mom lost her mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's so sad. Well, thank you for that. That was... You are <laughs> that, welcome. That was good. <laughs> um, do you want to sandwich that with a, another space joke? Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, what do you call a tick on the moon? I don't know. A lunatic. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. Fantastic. All right. You guys, we are going to take a quick break, and we'll be back after the break. Hey, guys. We actually have a break message for you this time. There's going to be a contest coming up. Blah, blah, blah. Contests are fun. Okay, so first you're going to need a Killer Cocktail sticker. Mm-hmm. Some of you already have Killer Cocktail stickers, but if you don't, Drea, how do they get one? Just head over to our website, KillerCocktailsPodcast.com, and go to the Killer Merch section and get yourself a sticker. Only costs a couple bucks, and I think shipping's free. Yeah, and these stickers are really rad. It's like the size of your palm, and it's vinyl, and it's weatherproof. Like, I put it on my laptop in a Hydro Flask. They're not just going to chip right off. Mm-mm-mm. Yep, I've got it on a clean canteen. You have it on your car, too, right? I do. Yeah, weatherproof. So, so once you've got once okay. you've got your sticker, mm-hmm. you're gonna head out and you're gonna be taking some cool photos. We're gonna have more info as it gets closer. We just want to give everyone lead time to have enough time to get themselves a sticker. Yeah, and the cool thing about this contest is you can win a free Killer Cocktails T-shirt. Yeah. Um, go over to our website or our Instagram and you can see what those look like. But these are some rad T-shirts. I love mine. Yeah, I'm 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 excited for this contest. I think I'll enter. <laughs> no uh what do you call it employees may not comply dang it <laughs> that's not fair um uh, all right guys more details to come but get excited definitely get your uh sticker soon that way you have time to get them in the mail and we'll be wrapping this up so you can finish the episode cheers welcome back from our break we had pizza oh my god that's so good that's the best break we've ever had that was a very good break yeah Shout out to Kimri and her crew. Boom. Boom. All right. So we're going to jump into another little moon fact. Jackie was so stoked to tell me. Yep. Go ahead. So astronaut mm-hmm. is based from the Greek words astronautes, uh-huh. which means star sailors. <gasps> That's super cool. It's appropriate. That's like, especially for the verbiage that they had back then. That, yeah. Like that made sense. Or I no. I like it. Yeah. Um, I like it. I like it. Okay, I have another space joke. Okay. <laughs> what's a light year? I don't know. What's a light year? Well, it's the same as a regular year, but with less calories. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. We hope you got to refresh your cocktail. Now you're going to tell me a horrible story. Yeah. So Jackie's was really lighthearted, I would say, overall. Yeah. Um, comparatively, this one's going to get kind of gnarly. Um, but let's just jump on in. I'm going to tell you about John Brennan Crutchley. Okay, so John is born on October 1st of 1946 in Pittsburgh. He grows up in a very, like, financially well-off household, and they rarely show a 
affection to John. Okay. Um, they often discipline him severely, which includes burning his fingers with a curling iron Whoa. and beating him with a belt until he passes out. Okay. Um, he is the middle child. So he has an older sibling who's 12 years older, and then that's he has a younger s- sibling that's five years younger. Okay. There's a span of these kids. Yeah. And before he was born, he actually had another sister. But she went in for an operation, and she died during the operation. Okay. And so that was a year before he was born. And so this obviously had a, a negative effect on the family. Mm-hmm. And his his mother would often remind John, like, you should have been a girl. Oh. Like, you, like, she died, and, like, you should have been a girl. You should have taken yeah. her place. Yeah. And, like, for the first six years of his life, she would dress him up as a girl. Oh. Yeah. And so all this abuse makes John, like, wary of affection, especially from women, and he becomes very socially stunted, and he becomes a loner. Um, He starts spending most of his time in his basement tinkering with gadgets. Um, Later, however, John's mom would would later deny any of this abuse. Yeah. Um, So John graduates high school, and he heads to college, and he earns his bachelor degree in physics at uh, Defiance College in Ohio in 1970. Then in 1977, John starts going to school at George Washington University for his master's degree in engineering. Uh, He's finally starting to date. He's getting out there, but he he has a type. He starts being attracted to submissive women who have a very low self-esteem, and more often than not, they are depressed. Okay. Um, And so John eventually meets a lady, and they get married while he's still in his master's program, Uh, but the marriage is super rocky, and it doesn't last. Like, shortly after he graduates, they get a divorce okay uh john then moves to kokomo indiana to work at delco electronics corporation and he works there for several several years as an electrical systems engineer so he's a smart dude yeah yeah well and we're in the time of the prime right mm-hmm. yeah exactly uh so john then leaves the company after an investigation is made by plant security into missing materials oh mm-hmm So he moves to Fairfax County, Virginia in the mid-1970s, or I guess we're kind of later now, uh, where he remarries, and he starts working for several high-tech firms in the Washington, D.C. area. And at the same time, several teenage girls start to go missing. Uh, In 1977, a 25-year-old Fairfax, Virginia secretary, Deborah Fitzjohn, disappears. And this is, like, kind of murky. I want to say he's remarried at this point, and mm-hmm. he's dating Deborah on the side, or okay. he's dating her right before he gets remarried. Um, so, any who knew who, John is dating Deborah, and so the police start looking into him as a suspect. Yeah. And John is questioned several times for his, um, for the involvement, and however, uh, nothing comes of it due to lack of evidence, even after her skeletal remains are found by Hunter in October the following year. So, in the meantime, more girls are going missing. Multiple girls. Multiple girls. All right. And we're going to jump into this part of the story. It's it's pretty graphic. Um, so, in late November of 1985, in Brevard, B-R-E-V-A-R-D, Brevard, okay. In late November 1985, in Brevard County, Florida, John sees a young girl hitchhiking. So, he pulls over and he asks okay. her, like, hey, do you need a ride? Where can I take you? And she's like, I'm going here. And he's like, yeah, I could totally take you there. So she jumps in the car and they they take off. As they're driving, John's like, you know what? I've, I forgot something at my house. I need to go get it. Do you mind if we stop by my house? So she's like, yeah, sure, that's fine. So John drives them to his house. They're in the driveway. He's like, oh, 
I just have to pop in real fast. Do you want to come with me? And she's like, no, I'll, I'll stay here and I'll wait for you. He's like, that's totally Good cool. On I'll be right back. So he goes in the house. He takes a second. He comes back out. He's like, you know, I couldn't find what I was looking for. You know what? I think I left it in the back seat. So he opens up the back seat and he takes a wire <gasps> and he starts to choke her from behind until she passes out. Um, so the girl then wakes up and she is semi blindfolded by like duct tape, but it's not laying flat on her face. So she can see out the bottom and she can tell that she is on a kitchen counter and her arms and legs have been tied down. I'm terrified. And she's naked. Yeah. She can see that there's a video camera set up. She can see that there are camera lights on her. And then John proceeds to rape her. When he's done... This is in the 80s? Uh, yeah, late 70s going into 80s. Uh, nope. 1985, yeah. It's a mid-80s. Um, so when he is done, done assaulting her, he then inserts needles into her arm and wrist. And he carefully starts extracting blood. What is he doing? Once he's collected enough, he starts to drink the blood. Telling her that he's a vampire. You and these vampires. You and these vampires. He repeats this process several times. So he's assaulting her. He's draining more blood. Assaulting, draining blood. He then handcuffs her and puts her in a bathtub and then again repeats the process. The next morning, John assaults her again and drains her blood again. And then he handcuffs her ankles together. And then he handcuffs her hands together. And he leaves her in the bathroom. And he's like, I'm going to be back later. But don't you try to escape because my brother is here and he will kill you. So she hears John leave and she's like, I, I have to get out of here. Yeah. I, I don't know you if there's know another there's person. A, you yeah. don't know. So she sees this window and she sees that the lock is broken. So she sees that she can get it open. So okay. somehow she shimmies up to this little window and later police are like, when you see this window, how did she do it? There's no way a human could fit through that in the, the, the height of it and just everything. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Anywho, she, she wanted gets, to get out. She gets her body through this window. She plops onto the other side. She hits the ground. Yeah. She's still bound together. She crawls her way to the road. And when she gets to the road, she somehow props herself up to standing position and starts hopping down the road. She's bloody. She's naked. She's bound. She's trying to wave down anybody who can to help yeah. her. Several trucks pass by and they do not stop. Okay. Finally, a man stops and he's like sees the whole situation he's yeah. like oh my god can i help you and she's like yes he helps her into the car and then she's like you see that house over there remember that house yeah so i think the guy's house is nearby because he drives her to his house his wife is there they call the police and an, and an ambulance comes to get her so the hospital determines that she's missing between 40 and 45 percent of her blood so imagine so she's bound think about how much blood he drank yes no okay yes but she's bound and she had to do all of this nearly passing out the whole time yeah. probably your adrenaline's going you know, oh god she oh this poor woman okay and then they see that she has like those uh marks on her Literature neck from, marks? yeah from the wire and so a search warrant is served for john whose wife and child are away for the Thanksgiving holiday. Ah. <laughs> Your face right now. Yeah, no. Isn't that... Mm. Isn't that the most horrific, annoying... This yeah. is just in their this house? This is in their house. Yeah. 
So police take lots of photos during their search, which shows um, they find like this huge stack of credit cards that like don't belong to John or his wife. They're just random names. Are they ladies? They are ladies. They find a bunch of women's necklaces that are like pushed back into the corner of a closet. This trophy thing. Mm -hmm. And like they don't belong to his wife. And they also find a camera and a videotape. However, during this first search, they aren't allowed to take any evidence. They're taking photos. And then they leave. They have a different, like, warrants have different levels mm-hmm. of, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they come back with the second search warrant. It's gone, miraculously. The credit cards are gone. The uh, necklaces are gone. The videotape is still there. How can you, okay, hold on. Okay. So your warrant covers being able to take photos of whatever. Mm-hmm. But can't you, like, they just, they have all these judges on like they have their phone numbers, they hold the scene, and you wait until you have the correct clearances. Like while they're doing all this other stuff, how are they not getting a judge to be like, "Oh, okay, you found credit cards, you found all this other mm-hmm. stuff while searching. Let's escalate this up and give you a larger." I'm annoyed. Yeah, I don't have. I, I want to say one of the search warrants was or happening during like two a.m. Not, but I don't know the process. Yeah, I I agree with you, um, but again, I don't know the process. It's mid eighties again. Yeah, um, but they find the videotape. So they pop in the videotape. They, they do find the videotape. Yes. They start watching it. Mm. But he is taped over, over it. it. Is it just like a Cubs game? I don't know. <laughs> so, anywho, besides all that, they finally arrest John. They're like, you're... Can't they pull layers off a tape? Can't they find old... A VHS tape? Yeah. No. That's not I, a thing. Uh, I, feel like you, I feel like you get the right... And the right, the right, and hence. hence. <laughs> okay, so while he is in custody, they find more stuff at John's house, which includes a ton of highly classified information regarding naval weaponry and communications. What? Unnamed federal agencies other, other than the FBI consider opening an espionage case against him. Whoa! John's employer, Harris Corporation, is highly involved with not only the NASA research and launch facilities oh, at Cape Canaveral, bah, 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 space. Uh, but also with other naval contractors and subcontractors. Whoa. So there's my tie, NASA. <clears throat> That's crazy. Boom. Uh, they also find a stack of 72 different three by five cards on which john has recorded the names of different women and described their sexual preferences so police start trying to contact these women and they realize that they had all been sexual partners of john's however some of the partners indicate that john had crossed the line from kinky consensual acts into sexual assaults involving restraint quote unquote yeah so his wife had apparently taken part in similar acts and mm-hmm. told the press regarding his attack on the handcuffed teen that had that it had been a quote unquote a gentle rape devoid of any what? The wife said this brutality yeah i mean if he's doing this to other women you know he's probably doing it to her i know yeah i know it sounds like he was really into bdsm and his wife would partake and yeah. they would get other partners involved and he would there's take it diff- too far yeah 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 but like he would it would be consensual for everyone at the beginning and she was part of it and it wasn't he like would, he was doing this behind the he didn't believe back. in safe words yeah yes and that's exactly what they said that he they would be saying the safe words and he would just keep going so john's initial defense at the time of his arrest is that the hitchhiker was a quote unquote again a manson girl who had solicited kinky sex from him so it's it's her fault she wanted yeah. this blah 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 that old Annoying excuse. 
Okay. So in June of 1986, John ple- uh, plea bargains to guilt on kidnap and rape charges in exchange for dropping the grievous bodily harm charge for uh, extracting the victim's blood and for drug possession. During the sentencing phase, the blood issue comes up and John claims to have been introduced to blood drinking by a nurse in 1970 as part of a sexual ritual. He says it should not be considered in his sentencing because in this case, he had not drunk the blood because it coagulated before he could and he couldn't get it down. His wife did not take the stand, but told reporters that her husband wasn't guilty, but was just a kinky sort of guy. Yeah. Based on testimony from FBI profiler Robert K. Ressler at the sentencing hearing, the judge chooses to exceed state guidelines and he sentences John to 25 years to life in prison with 50 years of parole. So that's the most he could get because yeah. they couldn't get him on any kind of murder charges. Um, and so, like, Robert Ressler had done this amazing profile on this guy because there's all those other missing girls. Yeah. So they're like, we have a serial killer on our hands and he has done that he's been doing this for many years Mm -hmm. he's he has everything dialed in and these are his like fetishes essentially and like for robert to be doing that in his own home Mm -hmm. and to have the videotape set up he was cruising for a victim that day um so yeah there's a lot more you can read about that Mm -hmm. and i thought that was very interesting after serving just 11 years of his sentence john is released on august 8th of 1996 for good behavior where is he but people in the surrounding counties are like Hard no. hard no. He's <laughs> yeah. not living here. Get him out of here. Hard no. Hard no. So John is transferred to the Orlando Probation and Restitution Center, which is like a halfway house where he is supposed to serve his next 50 years on parole. Send him down. He's a Florida yeah. man. That's what they've done? Less than a day later. Uh, he can't help it. John is arrested again for violating his parole after being tested positive for marijuana. Oh. Even though he had denied smoking marijuana, he was like, I was at this, like, going away party in jail, and someone blew marijuana smoke in my face. Um, But later he was like, you know what? I did smoke a little bit. I was getting nervous about my release. So I, I smoked it while in jail, not when I'm out on parole. But this doesn't matter. It violates his parole. Yeah. So um, he is sentenced to life imprisonment. Because he, that's his third strike. Oh, wow. So under the first two was the kidnapping and the rape. Yeah. And so this is his third. So he is never getting out until he dies on April 2nd of 2002. He's found in his cell dead with a plastic bag over his head. Whoa. And they think it might have been like erotic asphyxiation. Oh. Yeah. Um, so overall, they think he killed uh, around 10, 10 plus women. Wow. Several disappearances occurred in Pennsylvania when John lived there, which included two teenage girls who I think were sisters. And mm. there was a possible rape and murder of teenage Kathy Lynn uh, Beatty in a nearby Aspen Hill. And um, that's also where his second wife family lived. So he would have been in that area. From 1979 through 1983, John uh, worked for a Washington-based defense contractor and had access to the Norfolk Navy Air Station. And during that time, Pamela Ann Kimbrey, a 23-year-old naval uh, Navy messenger, disappeared from the base on March 25th, 1982. She was later found dead in a, her car submerged at the end of a seaplane ramp. Her killer tied her arms behind her with clothesline and tried to strangle her. Left, uh, the killer left behind a green ski-type mask and fingerprints that didn't belong to the victim or her boyfriend. Uh, Carol Ann Molner, a 21-year-old Navy clerk, disappeared February 6th, 6th of 1983. 
Her decomposed body was found three months later, partially buried under rocks of a, uh, on a, of a sea. Blah, 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 blah. Her decomposed body was found three months later, partially buried under rocks of a seawall at the Norfolk base. She had been strangled. Dang. Um, so nothing, he wasn't convicted no, for any of that. concrete to any of that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that was the story of John Brennan Crutchley, a.k.a. the Vampire Rapist. He was a bad mama jamma. Ooh, so creepy. Um, okay. Jackie. Yeah. Why don't aliens eat clowns? I don't know why. Because they taste funny. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to end it on a laugh. (laughs) Um, Jackie, what are you listening, watching, watching what all the things? What are you doing with your life? Uh, I'm still in Mad Men. Nice. That's going to be your life for the next couple weeks, probably. Yeah, I feel like I still have a season or two left. I like it. Good show. Love it. I got one day I'll watch it. I am still reading Harry Potter, but I am also back in summer school. I swear, I'm almost done. If you guys are out there, if you are in school, I feel your pain. Let's start a study group. <laughs> more power to you guys. If you're not, still more power to you. You have to go to your job all the day, all the time. I get it. Um, so do I. Um, but yeah, just remember to have some fun in there. Watch sure. some good stuff. Yeah. And yeah, we'll see you next week for Killer Cocktails. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Killer Cocktails. As always, on our talent was Jackie Andrea. Uh, be sure to check out our Instagram at Killer Cocktails Podcast or stop by our website, KillerCocktailsPodcast.com, for up to date information, photos, contests, and more. Our logo was created by Michelle Firm, whose amazing art can be found at MichelleFirmDesign.com. Our music was created by Nikolai Heidlus, and we'll be back next week on hashtag Murder Mondays. <laughs> Say that one out loud. Uh, what do you call an upside down astronaut baby? And what do you oh. do? <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is it? What do you do when an astronaut baby is upset? Oh, there's no upside down. <laughs> okay. Um, Jackie. Yeah. What do you do? To an upset na- astronaut baby. <laughs> Wait, what is it? Yeah, it's good. Oh, Jackie, what do you call a no? <laughs> oh my god. Dream. What? What? <laughs> hey, Drea. <laughs> what do you. Drea. What? What do you. <laughs> so stupid. What do you do to an upset astronaut baby? What? You rock it. (laughs) (laughs) So good. (gasps) That took a second. All right. So there's our jokes.